Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. This summer, we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new Nissan. We invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views, premium seats in all rows, and connected tech, while avoiding baggage fees, layovers, and neck pillows. So fasten your seatbelts and enjoy non-stop routes to summer, because the best way to travel this season is in a new Nissan. And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to $3,500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, $3,500 on 2020 Rogue consists of $3,000 cash back and $500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 7-6-2020. The clock is ticking, tick-tock. What's the time, Mr. Clark? Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. This is Gary. Gary Hoffman. This is Gary, and he's very, very famous on Twitter. Shannon Farron. <laughs> it's terrible! She has beautiful eyes, and her hair smells like cinnamon! Mm-hmm. Gary and Shannon. I wouldn't be anywhere else at this hour, except on TV. Because the Yankees have those rules. Right. About who... Let me see. I, I'm pretty sure his, his hair was long. Oh, hey, I got to check your... Uh, check oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, do you know what that says? What? That says you're on fire. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a special, special announcement. 36.7 Celsius, by the way. Ooh, that's a little high. Nah, it's fine. You're fine. It wasn't as high as Nick. When he played for the Red Sox, he had long hair. Right. Wait, don't ignore this. I have a special announcement to make. You ready? Yeah. Okay. The Gracie Awards. Mm. Are, the 2020 Gracie Awards have been announced. What, you might ask, are the Gracie Awards? They recognize exemplary programming created by women, for women, and about women in all facets of media entertainment. And they acknowledge the individuals who have made inspirational contributions to the industry. Named after, of course, the great, late, great Gracie Allen. They focus on women who are making positive change, who further the discussion of what a fulfilling career in media looks like. And I know somebody who won two of them. It says right there that Shannon Farron of the Gary and Shannon Show on iHeartMedia won the award this year for crisis coverage breaking news. Do you remember what that was? I think it was the Saugus High School shooting. It was. And, And that's not all. That's not all. She did win one. She won two. Shannon Farron of the Gary and Shannon Show on iHeartMedia won the award for talk show radio local. Thank you. Thank you. I would just like to say we won. Speak! The show won. Speak! The only reason I won and not both of us is Speak! because you lack a vagina. 
So I, congratulations to you as well. For because we both handled those things. I just sat here. I didn't have you were the one, and I would uh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What it's, do we know about is, the award ceremony in New York in June? Are we all going? Uh, sure. If uh, New York is open in June, I don't think New York's going to be open till uh, 2022. What do they give you? Um, I'm assuming uh, uh, some sort of award, you know, a, a, a you know, a trophy. A trophy. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> what are those called? Uh, well, that's great. Thank you. No, it is a, that's it, a huge honor. It. A huge honor. It's a very cool deal, and I really appreciate them uh, recognizing that. It is a national honor. This isn't like this isn't like one of Steve Gregory's golden mics, like one of fifty that he gets every season, and it's you know specifically Southern California. This is a nationwide thing. Well, we don't need to denigrate Steve Gregory and his golden. Not mics. at all, but he just makes fun of the fact that I don't have any. Uh, and now and I, you do. No, I don't. Well, I, I believe that we're both winners. The, why are you so uncomfortable with accepting the honor? I am I am very happy and honored. You should be. Okay, thank you. And you're you. uncomfortable and your face is red. Thank you. Can I take your temperature again? Because no. I think it went up. <laughs> Let's talk about the coronavirus. Oh, my gosh. Barbara, please. Barbara, listen. I'm talking to Dr. Barbara Ferrer. Understand that people are hypersensitive yeah. to the things that you say about stay-at-home orders. And to the media. F and you for trying to freak everybody out to get the hits with that headline. God. So yesterday during the Board of Supervisors meeting, they, uh, uh, Barbara Ferrer and public health officials did not have a normal um, news conference yesterday because of the Board of Supervisors meeting. And they were going to be busy answering questions of supervisors. Well, for example, one of the questions was about whether or not the county should extend a moratorium on evictions because of the continuing problems with number one the economy to the ability of people to go back to work under the stay-at-home orders and the the health and safety of people who maybe wouldn't be able to make rent being forced out into the streets and what dr ferrer said was in the context of the extension of the moratorium yeah we're probably going to see some stuff continue for the next few months she was advocating for the moratorium to be continued to be extended that's what the frame of the of the conversation was. It was not an edict. And so Catherine Barger had to come out and put out a statement about. Well, it was pretty vague, her statement as well. She didn't do a great job of cleaning this mess up. She said Dr. Ferrer indicated that the health officer order would be in place over the next few months. Unfortunately, this statement was taken out of context and has understandably caused great concern by the public. Relaxing the restrictions in the safer at home order is an important focus for the county, which will be done gradually over the next few months. I'm eager to uh, reopen more of L.A. County as soon as it's safe to do so in collaboration with health experts and blah, 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 blah. Decisions guided by science and data. I'm confident that our communities continue to comply the sooner we can resume normalcy. Now, The doctor also came out with a a statement intended to clarify. The problem is they're not getting any sort of direction from people within the department who speak English. And number two, the reporters who are being allowed these questions are not asking the questions to clarify this sort of thing. What Dr. Ferrer said 
is the safer at home orders will remain in place over the next few months. The restrictions will be gradually relaxed under our five stage roadmap to recovery, including stage five and phases two, six, seven, and 12, whatever. She's explaining to us there is a broader stay at home, a safer at home order is what they're calling it for the county. There's a broad umbrella of a safer at home order that is in place that will continue to stay in place. But that does not necessarily mean that businesses won't reopen, that we won't see more progress made when it comes to the types of things that we're going to be able to do uh, without feeling fear that we're hurting other people's feelings or whatever. That there will be changes that continue to, to, to take place and that as this progresses, the safer at home order may stay in place as the broad umbrella but that there will be things that are we're freed up to do. Now, I do I believe that Barbara Ferrer thinks that probably we're going to have these restrictions into August? Yeah, but they're never going to tell us that. No. They're just going to do it month by month because people lose their minds. And and rightfully so. Yeah. And, and I because think because people that are just holding on by threads here economically, you know, with their businesses and everything, they're holding on for maybe another month, maybe another couple of weeks. And when you say three months, that's just like devastating. Yeah, it's it's ignoring what I think has become a greater public sentiment about this in that we now have nine weeks. If you count just the times that we, the time that we've been shut down as a state, we've got nine weeks of information available to us about who this is affecting, how it's transferred, what's good for us physically, mentally, et cetera, and what's bad for us. And it seems like they've been really, really slow uh, in picking up the 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 cues from the general public about how this is going to go for the next couple of months. You know who else had to qu- uh, clarify this was Eric Garcetti. And when you've got this many public officials coming out and trying to interpret for your public health director what she was saying, that is not good news. We'll play for you. Uh, Garcetti was on Good Morning America today. We'll play you his cuts when we come P.S. back. Yes, somebody is doing his hair. And I want to know who. Hi, Mayor. I want answers because look at these ends. Oh, my good Lord. I know. Could you put that in a ponytail or something? Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Don't look now. It is already May 13th. That means nothing. I feel somebody said... The month of April the other day. Oh, uh, our boss, Robin, was talking about the month of April. And I had to rack my brain and try to remember what that what that was. Like, when was that? When did that happen? April. Seems weird. April was nothing. I don't feel like we... we I don't feel like that What that time, those four weeks, qualified as the a month of April. I think April for me was two tie-dye sweatshirts is what happened for me. That was April. Two tie-dye sweatshirts I bought off Instagram. Again, I feel like... Now they're trying to get me to buy tie-dye shoes. Well, duh! Why did you buy anything off of Instagram I in the first don't place? I No. I bought home fragrance yesterday. I felt like that was a thing that I could buy because I'm what at is, home. What is... Is that like perfume for your home? Yes. Why do you need that? To make the home smell nice. Your home smells like bacon every morning. What would you want to change about that? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so odd. Uh, we've been talking about what's going on with uh, Dr. Barbara Ferrer yesterday at the County Board of Supervisors. 
She said, with all certainty, the stay-at-home orders would be extended for the next three months because she was talking about and giving counsel to the supervisors with regard to their moratorium on rent and evictions. So she's trying to really look out for the people who would be kicked out of their homes. Now, she doesn't know if it's going to happen for three months, but she says, hey, to be safe for these people, let's just assume that there will be some at-home restrictions going on for the remainder of the summer. Listen, it's going to be a long... Because of the nature of what Dr. Barbara Ferrer is, she's a public health expert. Of course, her um, her leaning would be to tell you that it is going to be safer at home. I don't expect her to change that tone any time in the next several months, let alone the first uh, these three months. She's but, also the doctor. Like, she's the Fauci, right? So yeah. their only concern is the spread of this coronavirus. That's their, their singular focus. It's up to the Board of Supervisors to think not just about that, but the economic impacts and everything else. Right. So... Yesterday, when that happened, not only was it sort of a a clumsy way for her to explain what was going going on, it was taken out of context by just about everybody who covered the story. L.A. Times broke that with a well, you know, an update, a, an alert that they pushed out to everybody that said the stay stay at home order is going to last through the end of July, which immediately makes people re- think to themselves, "We're locked in and we're not going anywhere." Now, that's not what she was saying. To the point where she came out, Dr. Ferrer came out with a statement to try to clarify it. Catherine Barger, the chair of the Board of Supervisors, came out with a statement to try to clarify it. And this morning, Garcetti, Eric Garcetti, was on Good Morning America, and George Stephanopoulos tried to clarify. I'm sorry. Eric Garcetti tried to clarify with George Stephanopoulos. And he just tripped all over himself. He didn't do a great job. I think we have to all recognize that we're not moving beyond COVID-19. We're learning to live with it. Um, It's important not to overreact. But it's important to take this serious because it is as dangerous today as it was the first day that it arrived in our cities and our country. So quite frankly, there's no so-called open state or open country that doesn't continue to have health orders telling us to cover our faces, physically distance, and to tell people that you're safest working from and staying at home. That's all that the county health director was saying. And we can't expect that to disappear in a matter of weeks or even a few months. Okay, that's fine. Now, that's probably the best version of what it was that that had been said. But in terms of, you know, the danger or lack thereof from coronavirus and COVID-19, he's right in that it hasn't changed. The virus itself hasn't changed. It's not less dangerous. But what's more important is we now know so much more about this, right? We now know that half the deaths in L.A. County have come from people uh, living in nursing homes. And we know that 92, 93% of those people who have died are ones who have underlying health conditions. And that's not counting the people over the age of 65 who are already at risk but not considered an underlying health condition. These types of things are things that we now know that are should make our lives a little bit easier to get back to. We know what we have to be careful about. We know that we're going to be wearing masks for some time, that every time uh, somebody comes back into an office or goes to a restaurant or whatever, you're going to have that wonderful aroma of Purell all over yourself because that's the way things are going to go for the next several weeks and months. But when Dr. Ferrer comes out and you see a mayor, the chair of the board of supervisors, and the doctor herself trying to come out and clarify their statements. They need to understand that what they are saying is 
loaded. And de- I mean, people's lives, economic lives are depending on what they say and do for the mm-hmm. next couple of weeks. Well, and attention media outlets, you too. When you run with that headline taken out of context, you're creating panic. Right. You've got to listen to the conversation. I know those Board of Supervisors meetings are hellacious and dry and boring, and I've sat through hours of them. But you've got to keep all of these words, especially from Barbara Ferrer, in context. Because you're creating freaking hysteria with these BS headlines. friend of mine is a nurse that sent us a, a link yesterday to a story that said that the death toll right now in the United States from COVID-19 is over 80,000. But that an estimated uh, over the course of three months or so since most elective um, surgeries were canceled, a lot of people have been missing doctor's appointments because of the fear to go into a healthcare environment for fear that this is going to spread to them, that there may have been as many as 80,000 cancer diagnoses that are undone, that have not been made because people are afraid to go to the hospital, go to their doctor because of the panic that's been thrown down on people. Coming up at the end of the hour, we're going to be talking to the Chargers defensive end, Isaac Rochelle, who is trying to help the mental aspect of this whole thing. Uh, Mental Health Month is, is May, so we'll be talking to him about what he has been doing with his uh, with his apparel company. Also on Instagram, at Gary and Shannon, uh, a neighbor, this isn't my package, but a neighbor got a very special coronavirus package in the mail and allowed me to bring it into work today to share it with everybody. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, so, but you, I, you, there's a picture of it. You guys can guess what it is. Very coronavirus-specific piece of, uh, uh, of mail that came. All right, Gary and Shannon will continue. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, L.A. County has reopened its beaches in the latest of the easing of the coronavirus restrictions. County beaches, city-owned beaches along the 75 miles of coastline reopened today, but with those social distancing rules. I mean, on the one hand, I like the idea that they've opened the beaches and are allowing you to run and encouraging you to get some exercise so you're not a giant fat lard. But... Telling me that I can't sit on the beach? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, <laughs> it just... doesn't make sense. As long as you're still doing the social distancing, you know, you're not in a pack of 12 people sitting on the same towel. I don't understand <laughs> what the what the problem with sitting on the beach is. Why a towel? Um, That's that that kind of logic is what I think ha- has helped people turn against the government these, because yeah, it's orders. like you are you don't trust me to go and do the right thing right well listen one of the greatest examples and i know that this was a minuscule it was a minor thing they've corrected it since then but when the governor gleefully announced the public activities that you could do outdoors including things like singles volleyball and throwing <laughs> an american mini football that was that was 
And I'm totally not making those things up. I wish I was. That was a true thing. But that's clear indi- a clear indication that there are people who are stuck in these offices, uh, these state offices or the Zoom calls that they're doing, who have zero idea what life is like outside of a government bureaucracy. Well, administrators, school administrators say everything is on the table as they figure out how to get kids back into classes. I mean, the the toll of all the lost learning is going to stack up. I mean, they're saying that students returning from this break, unprecedented break, could find themselves making up time in summer classes or on Saturdays as we move forward, that the new school year could start in July in California. I my version of this, I mean, there's a huge contingent of people that we know who have kids that are still in elementary and high school that are going to have to deal specifically with this. But yesterday, of course, that announcement from Timothy White from CSU system was that the CSU, the 23 campuses in the California state system are all going to be online. Although he did say that there would be some clarification on that last night. I haven't seen it. Um, That is such a what? Listen, we, we were just talking about off the air how L.A. County is a giant place. Ten million people in L.A. County is larger than, I think, 21 states, something like that. That even in those states, they're talking about individual areas, small areas that are being allowed to reopen. L.A. County now has to deal with the fact that there are there are some big places that do not have the amount of cases that L.A. County, uh, in you know, the in general has that there are specific pockets of places that maybe they are in phase two of stage three or whatever. They're advanced. They're moving beyond that. And a place like uh, Cal Poly, because I know where that is in San Luis Obispo, San Luis Obispo County's had one death from coronavirus one in the entire time that we've been talking about it. So why would you not allow the campus to reopen? I, I don't, I, it's one of those things that they are, they're going to have to deal with smarter people than me, but clearly the ones that are stuck in the uh, bureaucracy uh, roundtables coming up with American mini football th- tossing suggestions are not doing very good job. It's time for What You Watch on Wednesday. The following program is brought to you in living color. What you watching in there? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. USA television much better. You've been watching too many of those live television shows. <laughs> Well, The Last Dance continues to just be an outstanding documentary that we're all hungry for right now. Not only does it provide us with nostalgia and like the golden age of Chicago Bulls basketball, but it's also provided us with memes. A lot of great Michael Jordan memes. (laughs) I'm here for all of them. They're all fantastic. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I can't wait for Sundays. It's the last two episodes And I don't know if I'm mentally prepared for it to be the last two episodes. And I want to know when the next sports documentary is going to come out because you got all the footage, ESPN. Right. Get those interviews done virtually and give me some more content. I I'm hungry for it. I'm only through. I think we're I think episode five is what we got through. Uh, So we're we're a couple episodes behind. And I saw yesterday uh, on ESPN, they were I was watching the. Cornhole quarterfinals. Did you see that? Were you watching that at <laughs> Dark all? Dark days. No. Cornhole quarterfinals with no one in the arena. There's anyway, I was watching the cornhole quarterfinals <laughs> and they showed a promo for the last episodes of the last dance. And I thought I'm, I'm doing the math in my head. OK, it's Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I can watch all, clear, easily watch, yeah. catch up with all of them and then watch them, re- you know, when yeah. they show up on Sunday evening. Yeah. 
Um, also, this is bad news for Petros. I don't know what he's going to do. But production for season 16 of The Bachelorette is being suspended indefinitely. What's he going to do? You know what he's going to do? He's probably going to flourish. Showrunners, for, <laughs> like the birds. Yes. He's going to be like a blue sky. He's going to walk in here with like a, a floating on a cloud. And he's, he's going to come in in a suit. He's going to yeah. stop wearing pajamas. Like, I don't know what it was about my life that has changed, <laughs> but... I feel so much lighter. He's going to bring gifts for Matt every day. I saw this in the store, and then I got it. I picked it up curbside. I thought you might like it. Uh, Showrunner. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, Showrunners for The Bachelorette. Bro. Thank you, Handel, <laughs> Sorry, I know. saying that was as, funny. As soon as I said that, I was like, what I my handle? I thought that your laughter was a good indication yeah, that that no. may have been humorous. I'm sorry. It was very humorous. <laughs> this is what happens when we start doing crosstalk with Handel again. You know, I pick up on the Handelisms. Showrunners for The Bachelorette have already said that they will most likely plan to film in one large location, then have the cast and crew quarantined throughout the entire filming process. So, so everything becomes Big Brother. Yeah. At that point, where you're all in one home or Survivor. Isn't that already also- what Bachelorette is? Aren't they all kind of in one place for the whole time? Yeah. Right? Doesn't How is that different? Just test everybody. God, just go get a test and do it regularly. I don't. All right. Coming up next, we will be talking mental health for the month of May. It's mental health month. And uh, one of the chargers, Isaac Rochelle, is making some serious headway with that. We'll talk to him when we come back. Wait a minute. I thought that was our lane. What the hell's Conway doing? We're the birding show of record. Clearly, they know it's going to get ears. Gary and Shannon. Shannon. That's us. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We mentioned yesterday nearly half a million students in the California State University system will be taking most classes online for the fall semester. Professors today talking about how they're worried about students missing out on those key connections with their peers. The uh, chancellor announced this week that most in-person Classes will be canceled and will move online. Arizona's governor has opened the door for pro sports to come back to Arizona. He announced uh, yesterday that pro sports, baseball, basketball, hockey, football, can resume without fans Saturday. Well, I saw that the 49ers may be playing in Arizona Arizona, because those schedules don't have conflicts. You know, they designed that on purpose. And then then the Raiders and Chargers, I'm sorry, the Rams and the Chargers could play in in Vegas. Right. And you would have like a Friday, Saturday night, maybe Sunday night game. You'd have like the, the Rams, the the Raiders Could and the Chargers and, that, and everything would sell out. I mean, it would it would all sell out. Now, there's nobody who's going to play uh, on Saturday um, in Arizona necessarily. Uh, but the governor, Doug Ducey, did say on social media, Arizona is trending in the right direction. Well, we've been talking about the mental toll that this coronavirus has taken on people when it comes to mental health. And we don't even know the extent at this point. But we have been locked away in our homes for, what, nine weeks now? Ugh. Chargers defensive end Isaac Rochelle is always a mental health advocate and is doing something with his company or his nonprofit local human to combat this and to shed a light on suicide prevention. Isaac, thanks for joining us. 
Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. So explain to us how this works. Yeah, so Local Human is it's an apparel company with intention is what we like to say. So um, very simply, we are a one-for-one company, meaning every shirt sold, we're going to donate a shirt to a foster center around the country. And specifically, we're starting with the Orangewood Foundation in Orange County. Um, it's not widely known, but foster centers – they don't receive or they don't take used clothing. Um, And the concept behind that is everybody deserves to have new clothes, right? So we are going to donate packaged, printed on, and ready-to-go shirts for these foster centers to take advantage of. But what we do is we go a step further, and for our campaign shirts, not only are we donating a shirt, we're donating $10 from each shirt um, to an organization of the month. And like you said, uh, you know, it's May, it's Mental Health Month, So we're donating $10 to the American Foundation uh, for Suicide Prevention. And this is going to, you know, help fund programming, um, advocacy, and support for uh, AFSP. It's a good-looking shirt, too. Where do we go to buy them? Yeah, so if you go on localhuman.co, you can find, you know, our our signature tee, which is kind of our local human T-shirt, as well as the campaign T-shirts. And, you know, they're $29.95, and like I said, for each purchase, purchase, you know that uh, $10 is donated and a shirt is donated to uh, a foster center. That's great. Where did where did you even get the idea for Local Human? Where'd that come from? Yeah, it's a good question. So it really, it just came out of quarantine. You know, everybody picked up different habits and hobbies and, um, and different things in quarantine. For me, it was, hey, I want to be able to give back and Aside from my two to three hours a day of working out, I had tons of time. Um, so I partnered up with some really unique and smart individuals, you know, rolled out this whole thing and got this thing developed. Um, and in our first month, we sold 600 shirts, over 600 shirts, um, to, and, and we were able to donate that money to Meals on Wheels. Um, and then, again, now it's AFSP. So really it just it was born from quarantine. I'm feeling really bad about my one-hour workout this morning. <laughs> yeah, um, but you're not a professional athlete. No, no, I'm not. Um, you know what? You do something very cool that I've followed on social media, and I kind of wanted to get the idea out there about Saturdays and taking a break from yeah. social media. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's something I love and I'm passionate about. It's called Tea on Sunday. And, you know, what we invite people to do is just take Saturday off social media As you guys know, you know, the social media scene is overwhelming in a lot of different ways. You know, there's a lot of things on there. There's a lot of comparison. There's a lot of just information. Um, And it's really nice and fulfilling to just step away for a day and do something for yourself. Um, So that's what See You on Sunday is all about. We want people to take that day off. We want them to go out um, and gate. I mean, you can't do as much now because of uh, COVID-19, but, you know, do things for you. Uh, be more engaged with the people that you're with and just be more intentional about being a little bit more selfish on Saturday. Um, but it's been something I've been personally doing for two years and, you know, I love it. I look forward to it. Are you worried at all about the upcoming season, whether it's going to be played or how you play it with different regulations and different rules in place? Is that a concern for you at all? Yeah, well, shoot, you guys gave me some confidence. I mean, I was listening to what you guys were saying about, you know, the potential of the season, you know, us being in a different spot, but the season continuing to roll. Um, my thing is I just want to play ball. I mean, whatever rules or regulations they have to do 
If we have to move, I don't really care. I'm just excited, you know, to get my helmet back on, get my shoulder pads back on and, and play again. I miss the guys. You know, I miss our locker room. I miss our coaches. And I just miss being in season. So um, whatever, whatever it is, I'm excited for it. Well, Isaac, awesome. you're doing great stuff. We appreciate your time and everything that you're doing for the community. No doubt. Thank you so much. You All right. got Isaac Rochelle, their defensive end for the Chargers. Again, the, the website is localhuman.co. Localhuman.co is where you can get those shirts. I just ordered mine. Excellent. Well, thanks for asking. Oh. I, I assume no, no, you I'll were. Get, I'll get mine. I'll, I'll get it. I'll, All right. It's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll get one. <laughs> More coming up next on Gary and Shannon. <laughs> Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We've got our small business shout-out coming up in the 12 o'clock hour today. Bottom of this hour, Justin Warsham is going to be joining us. I'm talking about some uh, some stuff to do. <clears throat> Nature-based preschools, like uh, instead of taking a test, your kid has to scramble up a tree like a like a spider no, monkey. No, I don't think that's what that is. No, you don't think so? I don't think so. Don't think so. Might F- be just learning about nature. FBI, and uh, and what better way to learn about nature than to climb that tree? Whatever happened to the art of tree climbing? God, I used to love that. We should climb a tree here. I think that's... Well, there's a tree right outside the window. We could jump from the ledge here onto the tree. It's right there. It'll catch us. We're not monkeys. It looks sturdy. You're not a monkey. Okay, uh, the FBI and uh, the Department of Homeland Security Cyber Division has been warning hackers backed by the Chinese government could be attempting to steal the work of researchers dealing with the response to coronavirus. The two agencies issued a a public service announcement of the potential threat on Wednesday. And I got this from CNN. They announced that they will be doing a coronavirus facts and fears tomorrow night on CNN. Hosted by Anderson Cooper, Uh, chief medical correspondent Dr. Sanjay Gupta will be there. Former acting Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Director Richard Besser is there. He might know something about that. Former Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius is going to be there. Of course, they both served in the uh, in the Obama administration. And you know who else is going to be a guest? Is going to talk about the coronavirus from a professional, experiential point of view. Hmm. How dare you, Greta Thunberg? She has been invited by CNN to be part of this town hall on the coronavirus. I didn't know that she had an expertise. How dare you? you why would you say that a girl that age and that, uh, you know, Duh. how dare you, doesn't have the... <sighs> the owners of 60 businesses across L.A. are now facing criminal charges for violating the mayor's stay-at-home order. Car washes, gyms, hair salons all deemed non-essential by the city but still remain open, are facing criminal charges. If you're keeping score, the guy in Glendora that was arrested and cited stole a car and led cops on a chase. He's not facing any criminal charges. (laughs) L.A. City Attorney Mike Fuhrer revealed the latest round. Time out. Mike Fuhrer. Oh, my God. Like, I understand if you want to go after salons or gyms that that are playing not by the rules. 
But then go after the real criminals, too, because when you don't, you look dumb. Um, there was a oh, man, this is going to this is going to bother me. There was a doctor on MASH who was a he was like the psychiatrist that they would go see. I'll find it. I'll find it soon. He is a spitting image of Mike Fewer. Okay, go on. Dozens of businesses have been identified by the LAPD. It looks like investigators have turned over evidence at least against at least 79 identified by the department. Alan Arbus, by the way. People seem to be opening up their businesses. Yeah, it looks exactly like Mike. <laughs> People seem to be opening up their businesses more as the weeks go on. Because they, they need to make they, money. They need to eat food. They need to eat food. Their, their kids need food. You know how many people don't have savings? It's the majority of people that do not have savings. Like, people live paycheck to paycheck. And if you cut that off for three months... Well, it's going to it's going to take a toll. I mean, these people aren't like I I think a lot of the people that are being caught and and are violating the stay at home orders. I don't think they want to. I don't think they want they would love to play by the rules. But I think some people are desperate. Like that salon owner in um, Texas, she said, my kids have to eat. Yeah. You know, like Neil was talking about with the restaurants, the margins are so small. And it's not just the you know, it's not. It can be, you know, one person going in and opening a small shop, a smoke shop or something like that if it's a one-person thing. But these other people, you know, their restaurants, for example, have multiple employees, and they're all in that same place. So the people who own the business probably feel an increased pressure, not just for their own livelihoods, but for the people that they've employed over the last several years. Each owner of the 60 businesses faces a criminal misdemeanor charge, and they could lose their license to operate. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that stuff is going to hold up once this thing is done. Um, among the businesses, a San Fernando Valley uh, Harley Davidson dealer, an Egyptian artifacts store, and a dozen smoke shops. Egyptian artifacts? I was just going to Google that because I bet <laughs> I, I could that. nail down that one store because how many of those are there <laughs> can't be that many of egyptian them egyptian artifacts uh listen and this is the this is an another major issue that i think people are finally coming to grips with is that if you believe that the government will come in and save you in the event of a massive global pandemic like this they will come in and they'll put a band-aid over the broken leg but you still have a broken leg. Yes, you're going to get a $1,200 cash payment. You're going to get money for your kids. You're going to have some sort of stimulus money. You may even be making more money in unemployment than you did as you're working your job. I know plenty of people like that. But you, that's, a, that's all a temporary thing. Those are all Band-Aids on your broken leg. And you've got to realize that if you're going to do anything to get out from under this, the vast majority of what you're going to do is going to be on your own. You cannot count on the government to do everything for you. You cannot count on them to be able to have that that uh, open hand to l- help lift you up out of a, oh, I don't know, lost business, out of a bankruptcy, out of some sort of health issue that you can't take care of because you've lost all of your money to this. The Egyptian artifact store is in Venice. 
Well, actually, that makes sense. It does. That I was thinking maybe than... like mid Fairfax or somewhere Santa Monica y. <laughs> so. Mike Fewer. Uh, it's got good reviews. This is very funny. Alan Arbus, the actor, played the psychiatrist on uh, Major Stan- uh, Sidney Friedman on MASH, the TV show. Now looks like Mike Fewer, very skinny, very slight, and, and that, you know, curly salt and pepper hair. The Mike Fewer that I saw yesterday was also wearing AirPods, so he looked like a giant noob while he was doing his news conference. Mike Fewer uh, has a substantial mustache, does yeah, he not? He does, which is where you get coronavirus from. Have you stopped shaving? Are no, you growing I, a beard? Like you can see that? Yeah. Oh. You didn't shave like this morning? A couple days. I didn't shave this morning. I don't shave every day. Didn't we just talk about beards? Yes, but you if you consider this a beard, that's really, <laughs> wow. That's unfortunate. I just didn't know we were giving up. Well, let's just say this. I shaved I've my shaved face more this morning. often than you have. That that's not true. Job. That's not true. Uh, on Instagram, at Gary and Shannon, I took a picture of a package that came in the mail. This is actually a, a package to one of my neighbors. And they got a couple of them, so they gave me one. Uh, I know what's in that package. It's a very coronavirusy thing. Not, it's not coronavirus. It's not a sample of it or anything like that. But it's a very coronavirusy thing, and I, you can guess what is in that package. We'll uh, unveil it a little bit later in the show. Okay, sounds good. Gary and Shannon. Those Rams uniforms look like knockoff Chargers uniforms, don't they? And did you see that it's metallic? The helmet is metallic? Oh, boy. Trash. (laughs) Straight trash. It's going to look good in the uh, sun in Vegas, though. It's 109 (laughs) degrees at kickoff. Holy cow. If they they play those in... uh, and it's funny, they're talking about preseason coming up in just, what would that be, three months away? August, middle of August? And they haven't they haven't even stamped uh, dates on those preseason games. They're leaving them up and just saying, maybe it takes place during a week? Nick, I've got good news. Hey, you're even wearing your hiker t-shirt today. I am, my Six Peaks Challenge shirt. I did two of them. What's the deal with the other four, Nick? Uh, it was a there was too much ice and snow on the mountains. It was a bad winter. It was just bad timing. Okay. So, well, you got to get back out there. I know. The Angeles <laughs> National Forest will reopen Saturday. Popular trails, trailheads, roads, campgrounds that have been shut down since April fourth. There will be social distancing rules required. But uh, twenty three trails, including those to Mount Baldy and Mount Wilson. And 19 roads will reopen. So that's great news. Fantastic. And the thing is, I wonder if they're going to put people out there to make sure that people maintain their social distancing, like L.A. County said they were going to do on trails. I would love to hear that interaction. I would love to hear it if there was some some park ranger who had to drive up with a measuring tape and you know try to determine how far away you were from someone. Um. 
up in the Bay Area, it looks like the fight between Elon Musk and Alameda County is has been settled. It looks like that. We're not quite sure because no one signed off on this. Remember, Elon Musk said that the Tesla factory there up in Fremont was going to uh, reopen on Monday. And it did. I mean, just for the most part, they were at full steam building cars. Uh, Tuesday came and went. Same thing. And Elon Musk had said, if you're going to arrest anybody, you arrest me. He said he was going to show up there. I hadn't seen anything about whether he did or not. But the Alameda County Health Department was the was the level of government that said that he could not reopen. Alameda County Health on Twitter early today said that the plant in Fremont will be able to go beyond basic operations this week and start making vehicles on Monday, like five days from now, not two days ago, as long as it delivers on the worker safety precautions that it has agreed to. And as we talked about, the... uh, the Tesla factory itself has for the last several weeks been planning on reopening. And that included safety protections. You've got uh, all of the hand sanitizing stations, the new ones that are up. Everybody gets to wear a mask and gloves if necessary, although gloves aren't really what you need. Uh, There are plastic partitions, literally sheets of plastic that hang from the ceilings between workers to prevent the spread of any coronavirus or anything, for that matter, communication, and that there are new plexiglass shields between workers who have to be anywhere near each other. So all of those things are already in place, and uh, hopefully this means that Elon Musk doesn't move out of California. Well, it looks like that 25th district is going back to red. Former Navy fighter pilot Mike Garcia with that early lead. He's got about 56,000. I'm sorry, 56% of the nearly 140,000 votes tabulated for that 25th district. This was Katie Hill's district. And she uh, she turned it blue, and then the, the naked photos and the thruple came out. Revenge porn. Hello. I don't know what it was, but I can't get that image out of my head. It's like burned to my brain, and I don't like it. You went to college, though. I did. You never brushed your friend's hairs? Naked? No. And no. Why did you say no twice? Because I don't remember ever ah, brushing my friend's hair. Thou doth protest too much. I've never brushed another woman's hair. Okay. Well, that's fine. That's not something that we do. We don't like sit around and drink picture. Chardonnay and brush each other's hair. It's not a thing. Oh, uh, and I hate that I have to explain that there was because a lot, of her. There was a lot of uh, of consternation within the Democratic Party also because Christy Smith, the state assemblywoman who ran for the seat, was using Katie Hill in her ads. Like Katie Hill was coming out and supporting Christy Smith, which, I mean, she has every right to do. The party, though, was like, hey, um, I don't know if you remember why she resigned, but this is not necessarily somebody that we want associated with the campaign as uh, as heartily as you want her associated with the campaign. Because even the Democratic Party knew that's not the perhaps the greatest message. No. So. I mean, that was a huge feat for Democrats to capture that district, and she screwed it up. Yeah. Um, so Mike Garcia, 59,000 votes to Christy Smith's 47,000. Approximately right now, there's still some 
that were either mailed in or turned in yesterday that are going to need to be counted. And actually, Christy Smith has come out and said, we'll wait until the final tally. I don't think she has um, conceded the uh, conceded the vote to Mike Garcia yet, but all all indications are that he's going to take that seat. Let's go climb some trees mm. when we come back. I hope so. Gary and Channel will continue. Justin Warsham is going to join us when we come back. had a lot of bad ideas and signed off on a lot of bad decisions. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, and top of the hour. on video. <laughs> top of the hour. We haven't taken them down. That's the thing. I don't know how to get them down. Oh, I would love to get those down. Uh, <laughs> at the top of the hour, Gavin Newsom, the governor of the great state of California, is going to uh, give his regular update on what's going on. We'll, we'll, we'll pay attention to that. Not planning on carrying it. Same thing with uh, our 1 o'clock L.A. County update, although I assume that Dr. Barbara Ferrer is going to have some sort of clarification when it comes to the uh, the misreporting of what her comments were yesterday on staying in place, uh, the safer at home order staying in place until August. So we'll definitely clarify that, allow her an opportunity to clarify that coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. But it is 1130 and we have the opportunity to speak with our friend, host of the Dad podcast, Justin Worsham. Are they going to play the thing? I don't know. Did you ask Jacob? I don't Jacob. Know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Jacob, I'm going to need a sidebar after this on the phone to <laughs> let you explain when to play daddy theme music. All right. I have one request when I come and bring my presence. I can already can't contain this bit. I can't do it. No, you tried though. You you gave it a you gave it a try. I appreciate it. When I come across too arrogant, my biggest fear is that people are gonna be like, Who's this guy think he is? <laughs> They'll think you're serious. Man, this guy must right. know he's as handsome as he is. Exactly. well that's that's where I was gonna draw the line. Right. I absolutely now know how attractive I am. That's very different. Are you than, still you know, attractive? having a diva level of Are you still oh, attractive definitely. though? I mean it's been nine weeks. Uh you know, you, you haven't let yourself go, huh? No, no. I listen, uh I lot of uh P E with Joe with my kids, uh, which is just what you need is a British guy telling you how to do press ups and mountain climbers. Uh, so I'm, I'm, main, I'm maintaining a, a slim and trim look. I think at first I was a little afraid of my hair, but I don't know. Like, you know how I feel like the two guys who did it best, and I do feel like I rank in that category, Pitt and Johnny Depp, give like a, a disregard to their appearance that somehow makes them more attractive. And I really think that that's what the quarantine has done for me. Have you, like, been, getting studying? The wings. Have you been studying how attractive men behave? Yeah. I mean, this. Uh, listen, I know to the outward eye, I may have always been attractive, but this is new news to me. And I try very I don't do anything half ass. I go all at it. Right. So I got to get in there. I got to you know, I'm in the trenches. I'm, I mean, you guys have seen me. You, all you have to do is throw down a gauntlet. And I made a duck lip video selfie. That's you know, that's how seriously I take my role. As an attractive father. Let me point something out about that duck lip video. You misspelled the yeah. word duck originally. You know that, yes, right? Yes, I did. But oh, I quickly, no. Yes, I did. But I quickly corrected that. <laughs> <laughs> I quickly corrected that. 
And Shannon was supposed to be the only person who saw it. <laughs> well, she wasn't, uh, so I'll say that. <laughs> that was supposed to be private. Hey, but here's the thing. Yeah. I think part of being attractive is misspelling words and being dumb. Am right. I wrong? Like, no, you're totally right. Now I get to rest on the laurels of my good looks and just smile, and everybody's like, it's okay. He's cute. Uh, we've been, you know, sort of toying with the idea of what school looks like on the other side of all of this, whether it's in the fall or the spring of next year. And uh, this article that you found about uh, a, a forest preschool was pretty fascinating in terms of the ability of people to just do things differently as they talk about their kids' young or, you know, early education. Yeah, the what to me I thought was interesting was the original story was written last August. So pre-COVID, at least here in the States and all that stuff. And then they re-kind of published it and rehashed it uh, just recently. And it was a big trending thing because I know that I'm sure a lot of parents are out there who are like kind of weirded out about how do you get your kids outside? Like we started, I mentioned it uh, previously that we have our meals outside now. Like it's a weird kind of thing where now we're craving it. Like I saw a meme that I thought was so hilarious that was like showed a family in a living room. Everybody's on their own screen. And that was like pre-quarantine post-quarantine everybody's out on bike rides they're out on walks like everybody is getting outside and they point out some interesting health benefits that i didn't think would be a thing that playing outside not only improves mental health which i think we all get uh reduce symptoms of adhd and hyperactivity which i think we would also get but also decreases your child's chances of nearsightedness i don't understand how that would even affect things but i guess constantly looking at a screen up at your face maybe Oh, yeah. I would imagine that that's horrible for your eyeballs. I did, and that's what I, I'm afraid I just said one of those things that's like, no, duh, common sense. But I'm not a doctor. I don't I don't know. I, I don't know if that really is. Is it just the screen? Do you guys you, would you guys agree with that theory? Well, I, I'm I, I am also not a doctor, uh, but apparently everybody yeah, can wait, say what? they are. Um, but just imagine the uh, if you're outside and you have to focus on something 50 feet away. If you're inside, right. you never have to focus on anything more than. 10 feet away from your body. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's and To me, the other interesting thing about it, they talk about uh, what they encourage in these outdoor forest uh, preschools is risky play, which is, sounds so condescending, but I love the world that we live in where we have to define what we just called stuff, like kid stuff. Now it's called risky play <laughs> and it improves motor functions and risk assessment and problem solving because they're climbing rocks. Why do we have to put freaking and... labels on everything? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> I don't get it either. But I was just talking to a friend of mine who's a drill instructor for the Air Force, like for basic boot camp and other levels. I need and him in my life. Noticed... I need somebody to come Yo. slap the cheese out of my mouth and tell me to go do <laughs> Push it or whatever they call them. Your last easy day was yesterday, Farron. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but he he talks about that they have a lot of recruits in the last maybe five to eight years that they seem to keep seeing people getting fractures. And he was talking to the doctor. He goes, am I crazy or are more people getting fractures? And the doctor said, yeah, it's a bone density issue, that people are leading a more sedentary life, especially as children. By the time they get to do, uh, do basic boot camp and they're running 15 miles in a day, their bones are just brittle, and they just give, and they crack, and they've got a fracture from just lack of activity. That's sad. It's only a matter of time yeah. before somebody invades, and we're going to be in some sad shape. It's that when I, in 2015, they did a study that found that 73% of kids' activity was sedentary, and only 8% of their day is outside. 
they're even cutting back more and more, even in schools. Like, that was my biggest concern. I talked about it, too, before, that with my kids doing the distance learning, they're crushing it on the computer and all that stuff. But I'm like, where do I get you to run around for outside for recess? Like, how do I make that happen? Yeah, how do you make that happen? Well, we're doing the PE with Joe, this guy who has, a, a I think, a pretty fun uh, YouTube channel. It's called The Body Coach TV is his YouTube channel. And he's providing every day, Monday through Friday, he does about a half-hour workout for kids. And it's all stuff that you could basically do in your living room, no weights or anything. It's like an aerobics class uh, that he has. Uh, it's fun. Like, I've done it two, three times with my kids. They they hate it. Like, they like to pretend like they hate it. But afterwards, of course, you feel good once you get your heart rate up and stuff. Yeah, and your kids are still of that age where they can, you know, you could send them outside with a football and a tennis racket, and they'll come up with their own game. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's that's one of those things. You just you do need to lock the kids out of the house. Remember when Blake was day. that age where he would come up with different games? You mean like Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> remember when Blake was 26 and he would come up with games like he was six? <laughs> it was a special time. Is this your way of missing him? Is that what? Is this how you, is this how you mourn, Shannon? You could say that, something like that. <laughs> Mike and I used to play a game called Circus in here. Yeah, explain Circus. Nick. I would just find circus music on YouTube and play it really loud, and then we'd crumple up balls of paper and throw them back at each other really fast. Wow. You guys were. So this show sucks that much. No, no, it's not. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. It was at a that, different that, time it of day. It sucks so bad. It was yeah. not in this room. That you got to no. listen to freaking circus music instead <laughs> and throw paper at each other. F and you, Nick. I'm going to spin this in a different way that's going to sound like I'm spinning it, but in actuality it's not. Is that uh, I also used to work in radio, and I could tell you that when you have hosts that are capable – there's not a lot that's done behind the scenes during the show, usually, unless something breaks. Like, a lot of maybe stuff is done in the prep, but once once the wheels or the reins have been passed over to the host and you've provided information to them and they're hosts like you guys, it's just it's just sit back and wait till 2 o'clock, I imagine. Is no, that a fair Justin, assessment, Nick? No, I'm, print, I'm doing things. He's very busy. I'm doing things. Wait, did I just accidentally get him fired? Is that yeah, what happened? Well, there will be a lengthy <laughs> meeting after the show today, probably. Hey, what? News alert, more layoffs are coming your way. <laughs> Just That's outside. actually Just not funny. <laughs> it is when you don't work there anymore. <laughs> Justin Warsham, we appreciate your time with us. I love you guys. One so day much. we'll see you again. We I love promise. you too. All right. Bye. <laughs> when we come back, a very special day today that very few people actually knew of. Oh my goodness. This is how my husband woke me up this morning with this news. Gary and Channel will continue in just a moment. not even covid rules like that's not even like oh i'm so bored with my life i need to do this now that's like dated four years ago or something uh gary and shannon kfi am 640 live everywhere on the iheart radio app uh congressional win for republicans last night mike garcia looks like has defeated democrat christy smith in the special election for the 25th district Sort of Lancaster, Palmdale, Santa Clarita Valley, and then stretching out towards uh, Simi Valley, a little bit of Ventura County in there. Uh, That was to fill the rest of Katie Hill's term after she resigned from the seat back in October. And then they're going to go again in uh, November. I think those two are going to face off again to see if they 
But this is a huge leg up for Mike Garcia in that race. Well, today is Top Gun Day. Why? Why? Well, it was released on the 16th of May in 1986, but that was already Iron Eagle Day. So they just made May 13th Top Gun Day for no reason. Well, that's nice of them, isn't it? I can't wait for the new Top Gun movie. I know somebody who knows somebody. better not disappoint me. I know somebody who knows somebody who has seen the thing. Okay. They've seen it and said it's the best movie in years. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that's going to come out in December, right? It was supposed to come out this summer? Yes. And I'm assuming that it's sort of planned for that Christmas timey um, they said the release would be December 23rd is what they're looking at. It was supposed to debut June 24th. Uh, and, I mean, everything has been postponed, obviously, movie-wise. And, and the studios are dealing with what it is with no open theaters and how it is they're going to move forward with these movies. But this is... Uh, I feel the need. The need for speed. Did you know? Did you know that Goose was the only one who did not barf in the training? I did know that. Did you know that Art Scholl, a stunt pilot, was killed during the production at I, the age of 54? I did know that. He died when his Pitts S2 camera plane failed to recover from a flat spin and plunged into the Pacific. I did know that. You remember the iconic uh, the iconic song, Take My Breath Away? Did you right? know? Did you know? That that song yeah. originally yeah. was for a different movie. Yeah, for nine and a half weeks. Did you know that? Did That's originally you, what they're going to do. Did you know about the gay thing? Uh, how do you not know about the gay thing? I mean, I don't think anybody was handing out awards for this back in 1986, but it was sort of the low-key, wink-wink, nudge-nudge to what you would call gay society back in the day, uh, to the LGBTQ community. And that, that those letters didn't exist back then. The leading lady was actually a man. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, there's that whole thing. She wasn't, though. No, but but she was. Like, oh, no. Like, the subtext is that she was a man. I'm lost now. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and Go down that hole. It's a good one. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Did you know that Val Kilmer did not want to play Iceman, but he had to due to contractual obligations? Now that I did know, because I read the same list that you did about facts about Top Gun that we probably didn't know. But the other thing is that his, I mean, his run as Iceman was one of the two absolutely most iconic film roles that he had. The other one was as uh, as Doc Holliday from Tombstone. In fact, the line from Tombstone is what he titled his autobiography. Which was I'm your Huckleberry. That was the best performance ever. Um, yeah, so Top Gun Maverick comes back to theaters December 23rd, had been pushed back. And as I don't think it was anything close to this in the original Top Gun, but Tom Cruise, who I'm sure is one of the producers on this new one, demanded that everybody who films a scene in an airplane actually films the scene. In an airplane, so that all of those cockpit scenes that you'll see from Tom Cruise in whatever the plane that is, an F 18 or whatever. You should know what kind of plane that I is. I can't tell from the inside. You are a fighter pilot. I can't pilot. tell from the inside. 
just say that. But that all of those scenes were done in actual airplanes that were flying around at the speed of God knows what. So. Well, happy Top Gun Day to happy you. Top Gun Day to you. I have baseball news really quickly, just a quick thing. Yes. Major League Baseball and the Players Union are now negotiating the plan that was approved by the owners. And the majority of time that they spent talking yesterday, which was hours, they did not talk about money. Everybody was concerned that money and revenue sharing was going to be the big sticking point. The majority of time they talked about safety and logistics, like who would be tested, how many people would be allowed in dugouts, how to ensure the safety of uh, of players and uh, other team members. Well, there was a conference call among NBA players yesterday, including LeBron and a bunch of big names, uh, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry. Uh, about their desire to get the season going again. And, you know, we heard from Isaac earlier, they just want to play. Yeah. Even if, I mean, remember, LeBron, one of the big things that came out after the NBA canceled the season immediately or postponed it immediately, he said he wouldn't want to play in front of an arena with no fans. And now everybody says, uh, on second thought, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. Going to have to happen if you're going to get him back. Right. All right, we'll talk trending when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Farmers and Distillers Dining Room and Patio are now open and accepting reservations. They're following all the government guidelines so you can choose to dine out safely or if you want to stay in, they've got you covered. You can order for curbside pickup or delivery online at FarmersAndDistillers.com. They're also still offering a robust one-stop shop founding farmers market and grocery for all your daily grocery needs. Offerings include fresh produce, a prepared foods market, full bakery, butcher and deli, house-churned ice cream, house-roasted coffee, wine, beer and more. Visit FoundingFarmersMarket.com to order. Same-day delivery of available ladies and gentlemen welcome aboard this summer we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new nissan we invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views premium seats in all rows and connected tech while avoiding baggage fees layovers and neck pillows so fasten your seat belts and enjoy non-stop routes to summer because the best way to travel this season is in a new nissan And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to $3,500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, $3,500 on 2020 Rogue consists of $3,000 cash back and $500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Governor Newsom giving his regular daily COVID-19 update in the uh, Cameron Park Fire Department today. Uh, Staying in front of a Cal fire truck talking about uh, wildfire season, of course. There's... Can you... uh, 
the seal that he's got on his podium right there, the uh-huh. seal of the governor of the state of California. Yeah. On the bottom there, it's got an XL. Uh-huh. So, if, but I don't know why. What what Roman numerals would, XL would be 40. If 40. Um, is he the 40th governor? Is he the 40th governor of the state of California? Yep. Okay, got it. There you go. Nailed it. What else going on? Time for What's Happening. Because I thought usually it's the year. That sounded like a conversation in the home. I know, I know. What what is that thing down there? He's not a tall man. He's not fat. Why would they say extra large governor? It's uh, usually when you do Roman numerals, you don't do your number. The only people who use Roman numerals to denote the number of what's going on is the Super Bowl. Yeah, I've covered a lot of governors, and none of them have put the Roman numerals for which uh, governor they even, are in even line. President Trump doesn't put 45 up there with a Roman numeral, he XLV. Might. You'd think he would, huh? Like, that's his lane. That, yeah, that does seem like something he would do, but he doesn't. Okay. Eric Garcetti says, don't freak out. He says... That Barbara Ferrer telling the Board of Supervisors that an order would stay in place for at least three more months doesn't mean the order stays in place exactly as it is today. Don't freak out when you hear a scientist say it's still going to be here. and We're still going to be living under health orders, he said. The health order itself is going to be around for a long time. It's just not going to look the same as it does today. Here's here's a concern. Here's a concern I have about this. And we talked about when Barbara Ferrer said that yesterday in the context of uh, eviction, a moratorium on evictions and about the health order staying in place. The L.A. Times driving this thing because they were first to report with a big news alert and a, a push out to to people who subscribe to their alerts that this thing was going to stay in place without clarification or context. Do you think that Barbara Ferrer clears this up today or do you think there's a chance that based on her public health doctor knowledge that she's got? She convolutes it even more by trying to use language that clarifies it. That That's a concern. should be worried about that. It looks like the Air Force Thunderbirds will perform a flyover in Los Angeles. I know. You know? Oh, they well, give you a heads up? Well, uh, Major uh, Brendan Felker sent me a text yesterday. It said, WYD Friday. And I was okay, like, so you got to ride in that plane once. That's a great story. You don't have to now go and make things up about text messages that you never received. And then I was like, well, I have to work. And he said, oh, too bad. We'll be in town. This is all via and, text? Or, yeah. Or did you have him over for dinner last night? No, no, it was just a texting mm-hmm. on the app of words. Thunderbirds and Blue Angels have performed similar salute flyovers to hospital workers and first responders and others in New York, New Jersey, D.C., and Chicago. Uh, The goats have decided that uh, COVID rules. That's what they're going to do now. I thought this was a meme of sheep that somebody had put out to make fun of all the people who are wearing masks. (laughs) Uh, There is a, a gang of goats that got out of a fenced-in area in East San Jose 
and were just roaming through the neighborhood. It's wild video. Uh, one of the goats was eating flowers over a fence, somehow tapped one of the electrical fences, causing it and others to break the boards on the fence. So about 200 goats escaped through the backyard and out into the streets. Rancher got the goats back on the ranch land in just a few minutes, actually. And they said, this is the craziest thing to happen. All quarantine. Have you ever waited at a Red Lobster? Never. Yes, I've waited, I've waited for the food poisoning to set in. What? Hmm. Why are you sullying the name of Red Lobster with your phony stories about food poisoning? So anyway, if you've ever gone to a Red Lobster, specifically the one in Brea, uh, you know it can get real And when you're in line waiting for a table. People are hungry, and they're sitting outside, and they're waiting for a table, and you've got your little buzzer there. And you know when you're hungry, tensions can run high. Well, that's what happened outside a Red Lobster in Pennsylvania, East York, Pennsylvania. Apparently, a woman was upset because her food wasn't ready. Well, it was Mother's Day. And she threw a fit. And they had to actually usher her out of the uh, entryway there. Which is funny because she's not supposed to be in there. She took a swing at the employee. She wanted a refund. And the customer said in the video that somebody decided to shoot, because that's what we do now, I was assaulted and have a whole crowd to see it. Okay. Those those cheddar biscuits are something, I tell you. I hit somebody in the throat for some of those. Stick with those. Stick with just those. Oh, my gosh. Who knew that Frenchies were so mean? Suburban woman in Chicago recently adopted a French bulldog. Killed her. This little Frenchie had been trained and bred to fight. A friend found the woman, Lisa Urso, unresponsive on the patio behind her home on Saturday night. She had been attacked by the French bulldog. The dog had attacked her inside her home, but she did make it out to the patio where she eventually bled out. She suffered several bite wounds and scratches on her arms, legs, and torso. Uh, according to the Lake County coroner, it was a vicious attack. Hmm. It says you don't really think about it happening with a smaller dog breed, but we forget animals can be powerful. The animal, uh, this animal has a lot of jaw strength. Hmm. The dog recently also attacked the woman's boyfriend. After that attack, she had gone to animal control to get the dog back. They own two other bulldogs, including another French bulldog found with some blood on it because they were like, hmm, what does that taste like? Well, apparently the French bulldogs, they require close contact with humans. And if they're left alone for more than a few hours, they get separation anxiety. And that anxiety leads them to behave destructively. So stay next to your French bulldog and they won't kill somebody. Take take them to work with you. Why not? We should get a dog for the office. No, no. No. (laughs) Jacob's in there shaking his fist. Yay. (laughs) All right. Coming up next, we will do our small business shout out right here on Gary and Shannon. I'm a sucker for all Day hamburger. I'm a sucker for you. Yeah, so no dogs in the office, right? We're done. 
No. That hasn't changed. No, 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 no. We can't do that. That's ridiculous. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, the governor of Arizona, Doug Ducey, has opened the door for professional sports to return to the state, saying everything would be okay and that they would be allowed as early as Saturday. Although, clearly, there are no leagues that are ready to play or anything like that, but he is saying that they're going to reopen during the ongoing pandemic. Uh, the governor saying on social media that Arizona is trending in the right uh, right direction. Leslie Van Houten has been denied in her latest bid to be released from prison. Of course, Charles Manson follower Manson. who was convicted of murder and conspiracy for her role in the killings, the LaBianca killings. She's been denied parole three times. She's 70. And good. Good. Uh, L.A. County reopened its beaches uh, today. First time for, well, since we started this thing. Of course, county beaches, city-owned beaches along the 75 miles of coastline reopened today. But the normal social distancing rules that everybody's accustomed to now, no parking, no parking your car, and no parking your butt on a towel just to sit around. You're going to have to keep moving. Today's small business shout-out brought to you by Spectrum Business. Switch to Spectrum Business and get the best Internet and phone for business. Quality Tire Auto Service Center is who we are shouting out today. Israel Manessis is the owner. Israel, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So tell us about your businesses. Where are you located? Um, We have our location in Rialto, um, in the Inland Empire, and in the city of Yucaipa. And you guys are normal service center, right? Auto service. I mean, tires, brakes. Yeah, we're a complete, complete auto service center. We are actually an independent Goodyear location, so um, we have all Goodyear products. Uh, we do complete automobile repairs and anything that your car needs. We are the place to be. So that uh, needs maintenance now uh, alert that I have on my dashboard. You could take <laughs> care of that and tell me what that's Absolutely. all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> We get a lot of those all day long, some of them being very minor things, as simple as an oil change, some a little bit more hey, the, the, critical than that. The location you have on Calamesa Boulevard in Yucaipa, you guys just opened that before this thing hit. What was that like? Yes. Uh, you know, it was uh, like any beginning of any new location. It's a little tough at first, and, you know, it takes a little bit of time to, to get things going, and it seemed like we were up in the – trending up and doing good and then boom suddenly the pandemic hits and you know it got tough it got really tough there for a few few, few weeks but we managed to you know do some uh, adjustment with hours and and um, had to scale back on a couple of days throughout the week um, but you know we're, we're seems like you know it's people are coming out more a little bit more often now and seems like we're getting back to where we need to be at but yeah, it's definitely been tough for for both locations, but for the most part, we're just hanging in there, you know? And I understand people can make appointments online. Yes, absolutely. We're actually encouraging our customers to, to make appointments online. Um, we used to only make them at certain times of the hours, but during the situation, we, you know, have, prefer not to have, you know, a crowd of customers waiting. So we're doing appointments by the hour all day long through up to close time, so. If they need to come in and not want to wait, you know, they could drop off their car anytime they want or set up an appointment and, and get their car service. How are you making sure that your employees stay safe and uh, also make sure that the, the cars are clean? I mean, you got to get in there and move them around, right? Yes. Well, we made all the steps uh, to protect our employees, obviously. Um, they all have their protective equipments. They're, you know, they're 
their mask. Uh, we got the um, steering wheel covers. We have the plastic covers for the seats, the floor mats. Uh, they all have their protected gloves. So, you know, they're instructed that at any time they're in a customer's vehicle, they need to make sure they have all their equipment on. And, you know, it, every day, uh, you know, we check the bathrooms three, four times a day uh, with, as far as maintenance and making sure the counters inside the offices in the waiting rooms are, are clean throughout the day. So we've made every step to possibly make it as safe as possible for not having any tough of issues or protecting our customers and protecting our employees at the same time. Well, Israel, I got to thank you too for the job you did with Isabella. We, uh, we love Isabella around thank here. You. She's outstanding. <laughs> thank you, so much. you must be very proud of her. I'm extremely proud of her. She is, that's my baby girl right there. So yes, <laughs> thank you so much. She, uh, and I'll tell you this, she loves you guys all, all of you. She, Talks about you guys all the time, all of you. Does she, does she talk about us more than like uh, Conway, though? <laughs> you know what? It's a toss-up. I, I I know. I believe you are the Giants fan, so you know uh, me and you are going to relate a lot better than than her at that point of view. But <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, so you know, there's it's it's fun. It's fun having her. She's great, and and um, you know, she actually worked for me for a few years right out of high school, and. So she's, you know, she has a little background to what it is to run a business and stuff like that. And she really helped me out throughout the years. But now she's, you know, obviously she branched out. She just graduated from college and she's doing her own thing now. And I'm happy and proud of her. But I really appreciate everything you guys, you know, have taught her along the way. And, you know, thank you for having me and taking the time to listen to me and my business about my business and everything. Well, Absolutely. thanks for coming on Israel quality tire auto service center. You can check them out at quality tire one.com quality tire one.com and book that appointment. Israel. Good luck. Thanks. We thank you for your time. Thank you very much. You guys take care. Appreciate everything. Okay. Absolutely. Israel Manessas there from uh, quality tire auto service center in Rialto and one in Ukaipa also. Um, when we come back, we're going to get into some of our uh, uh, Swamp Watch stuff, see what's going on in Washington, D.C., because there's issues going on. Did you see Mike Pence now wearing a mask? Oh, really? Mike Pence wearing a mask. And the thing is, they're keeping the president and vice president separate in the White House when Mike Pence does show up to go to work. Well, that's smart. Um, so <laughs> that's one of those issues that has uh, – Paul Manafort's also out of prison. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm waiting for you have that. To be so excited for that. Well, it's just kind of weak stream, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. And the reason he's out is, well, how about this? How about we not go to federal pens? Okay, right. Let's not do something where we're going to get into a federal penitentiary because we know it's not number one a pleasant place, and number two is a potentially dangerous. Place. What a novel idea! Good idea. Gary and Shannon will continue a swamp watch. <laughs> Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. A couple things coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. Alex Stone is going to join us. Talk about Arizona and Governor Doug Ducey. His plan to reopen includes an announcement that uh, sports can restart in Arizona without fans. But if Major League Baseball or basketball, hockey, football, anybody wanted to play starting Saturday, that they would be allowed to. Um, in Arizona starting on Saturday. We'll talk about that with Alex coming up. Also, L.A. County's Dr. Barbara Ferrer, public health director, is going to take the podium once again for a daily update. We're expecting, I would assume, some amount of clarification on the comments yesterday about uh, stay-at-home order staying in effect through August uh, and what that would mean on a regular basis. So 
I was just reading an article uh, in the Washington Post where they interviewed a critical care doctor at the University of Pennsylvania Health System. And he was talking about the early days and how it was just chaos and they didn't know how to treat this thing. And he said, we were flying blind and there's nothing more disturbing for a doctor than than that feeling. And he says, but now they're they're feeling hopeful that they have devised a toolbox of drugs and therapies that are giving the patients now a better shot at fighting this thing. You know, it's not it's not a therapy or or a drug to kill or stop the virus, but they're tr- they're learning how to treat this better. So the odds of survival are are much more in their favor. Yeah, especially I mean if if nothing else, just uh reducing the length of time that this thing ravages your body is apparently making a huge difference when it comes to that sort of a thing. Um, the governor is giving an update from Sacramento, from a Cal Fire station, actually, in Cameron Park. And he did announce that hospitalization rates ticked up a tiny bit, up uh, one half of one percent for the state. But that ICU admissions have gone down. And he was saying that in in very general terms, those two numbers are ones that we've been watching and in very general terms, those two numbers have been trending down, not all the way, but definitely making progress in terms of the uh, the ability of our system throughout the state of California to handle what it's handling. I wanted to mention a couple of things quickly before we get into Swamp Watch, that in the city of Santa Clarita, they voted yesterday to send a letter to the county to say that they should be out from under the county regulations in terms of reopening businesses because of the number of cases or lack of the number of cases there. And Santa Barbara County is also a place that is fighting back against the governor, actually. The Santa Barbara County Public Health Director, Dr. Van Do Reynoso, says that the reopening criteria from the state are unreasonable and insurmountable. The the Board of uh, Supervisors in Santa Barbara County is going to send a letter to the governor objecting to the one-size-fits-all. Specifically, they're saying that if you're going to look at Santa Barbara County in terms of the positive COVID-19 cases, you should disregard the ones at the Lompoc Federal Prison because those guys are locked up. They're not going anywhere. Right. And if you have employees that are uh, testing positive, they can be um, they can be easily quarantined. They also want to change the new case criteria to a standard positivity rate that's under 10% and then change the fatality metric from zero deaths, right? We've been talking about how um, the they need zero deaths over the course of two weeks, I think it is, to a low fatality rate of what would be about 2% because that would be much more uh, achievable for them. So, Out of yeah. all the cases in Santa Barbara County, they've got a 1,300 and change. 900 are from that jail yeah which is i mean that's their that's their point is listen these guys aren't spreading out among the community on a regular basis they're stuck in that uh, four acre area uh so that that shouldn't be counted against them all right let's check in with washington drain the swamp we're gonna drain the swamp of washington we're gonna have fun doing it we're all doing it together Well, specifically about D.C., I wanted to mention this just because of the coronavirus issue. The mayor in D.C., Muriel Bowser, has announced that they are going to extend their stay-at-home order through uh, June 8th. She says that the mayor, uh, that the city has not yet met all the required benchmarks to reopen. They're looking for 
things that we've seen in other places like California. Cities looking for a 14-day decline in the number of new coronavirus cases. So far, they've only met four days of decline. Um, some other criteria haven't been met uh, as well, so they are not ready to reopen. But they have started the process of hiring those contact tracing teams to try to make sure that people are uh, informed if they have been exposed to somebody with coronavirus. Paul Manafort, of course, the president's one-time campaign chairman, who was convicted as part of the special counsel Russia investigation, has been released from federal prison to serve the rest of his sentence in home confinement due to concerns about the coronavirus. And I'm confused how they say to serve the rest of his sentence because he's he's got seven years, right? Yeah, you're gonna be you be on house arrest for seven years. That sounds pretty nice. I mean, except that you can't leave your house. Well, but... it's better than not being able to leave prison and living in prison for seven years. Rather live in my house than prison. I guess. And when this thing clears up, wouldn't you put him back inside? Well, that yes, but it, what do you think that? I don't think anybody has the uh, temperament to do that. Uh, he was Paul Manafort was hospitalized a few months ago with a heart related condition. And that's all that they'll say. They're not uh, authorized to discuss specifics about what that, whether it was a heart attack or just heart issues. Uh, Michael Cohen, Michael Avenatti, they've also been told that they're going to be getting out because of the potential for a coronavirus uh, infection. Bureau of Prison spokeswoman said more than 2,400 inmates have been moved to home confinement since late March. And more than 1,200 others have been approved and are in the pipeline to be released. It's fine. It's, you know. What could go wrong? Now, in the federal system, the majority of those people are going to be, I would imagine, probably white-collar criminals. You're not going to get a lot of, uh, or at least the ones who are being released, I'm hoping, are going to be the white-collar criminals. So that's the coronavirus fan club right there. They're stoked about this. <laughs> they love that you know, idea. Because white-collar criminals, you know, they're not going back to a, a, an apartment in... Insert name of undesirable area here. They're going to be going back to their rich people estates. Yeah. Manafort's going to be able to wear his ostrich uh, jacket, isn't he? Right. If he goes home. Granted, he's going to have a bracelet or an anklet that goes with it, but uh, maybe you can get one in a matching band of some kind. Um, there was a uh, there was an article Bloomberg put together, which was an interesting look at what happens in the event that the president gets the... It's the coronavirus. I mean, we said the, the only, uh, as far as I know, the only head of government that has tested positive as of right now was Boris Johnson, the prime minister in uh, Great Britain. But it's an interesting look at what would you do? What if the president or even the vice president was hit with the coronavirus? And they're both considered at high risk simply because of their age. Um, the the interesting aspect of it is it's not just the physical what happens to the office of the president is is he still in command is there a chance that he would have to be hospitalized if he's hospitalized how much power has to be turned over to the vice president if any i think it's a case by case basis thing of how he's handling it you know he may not have any symptoms well, how much is his job interacting with people face to face and i mean i think he would maintain He'd still be the president. Well, and Boris Johnson, as an example, never had to transfer power to anybody. I mean, there was uh, one of the other ministers was ready to go, but it, they never transferred power. He never lost consciousness, for one thing. And um, 
he's back. He's got a full slate of, of business back because he's recovered completely. But they're talking about the degree of economic and geopolitical fallout from just a positive diagnosis. Right. And and listen, this president, this guy is I don't know how he does it, what he does physically. I mean, the guy has never once shown signs of a cold that we've seen since he's been in office. Uh, you know, in terms of his schedule, it is constantly moving. We saw that on the campaign trail. I don't know how a guy that size carries on that well and appears to be that healthy on the outward. Uh, you know, it's all mental. It's all mental. Uh, here's the thing: if if the president tested positive, we'd never hear about it. You don't think so? No, I don't think he'd let it get out. Absolutely not. What if he already had it? Exactly. Wouldn't that be great if he tested positive for the antibodies? Uh-huh. That would be, you'd hear about that oh, for yeah. sure. You'd be like, I make my own. Ah, Dr. Rodney Pete told me to grunt it out, and I did. <laughs> uh, when we come back, a local congressional race flipped yesterday, went from Democrat to Republican. We'll talk about the 25th, fighting 25th when we come back. Love it when you go crazy, you take all my inhibitions. Baby, there's nothing holding me back. You take me places that tear up my Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, those um, those automatic replies to emails that yes, that are generated offers yeah. up. Yeah, do they take into account what you usually write and then work those in? Because the because is one of them f off. No, oh. I don't write f off in a work email. Right, no I one write would. f off you mf'er. <laughs> no, um, because our boss just emailed us. It, stop throwing stuff at me. Sorry. You wonder why I flinch when you look at me. It's because you're constantly throwing things. Anyway, our boss just emailed us, and one of the uh, automatic, a couple of the automatic replies is exactly what I would have written. What were the What do yours say? Well, my, I don't have hers alone. Mine is just mine is your the reply that you sent. Mine was sure exclamation point, which is what I usually write back. My three options are thanks exclamation point, got it thanks exclamation point, or got it exclamation. Oh, do you you see? I didn't get any of those, so I think they do cater to what we write back because I would imagine that you reply to a lot of things. Got it? Huh. Interesting. I like that those are tailored to what we would write. Uh, but they say, are the suggestions helpful? What if I click no? Oh, we have to tell them why. I'm not ready for that amount of interaction. No. Uh, today in D.C., Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas pulled a Lord of the Rings. Clarence Thomas known for not responding in a lot of court cases, but I guess he feels some amount of anonymity because they've been doing things on the phone, of course. So in a case today during oral arguments uh, about the Electoral College, there was a question about whether or not a guy from Colorado, a, a faithless elector, they're called, argues uh, whether or not he should be bound to vote for the presidential candidate who wins in their state. Said during arguments, uh, the lawyer said during arguments that electors themselves are the ones who are best positioned to make the decision. And the justice, Justice Thomas, says 
So the elector who had promised to vote for the winning candidate could could suddenly say, I'm going to vote for Frodo Baggins because I really like Frodo Baggins. And you're saying under your system that you can't do anything about it. And the lawyer had to uh, had to say, well, actually, that would be a vote for a non-person, because no matter how big uh, a fan many people are of Frodo Baggins, the important point is that the framers hashed out these competing concerns. So that was fun. Well, Republican Mike Garcia is now declaring victory. The Republican victory has flipped that blue seat red, wasn't blue for very long. It's a special election to fill the seat formerly held by Katie Hill, who, remember, ended up in a relationship with a campaign staffer, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, The semi-official results show that Mike Garcia has 56 percent of the vote. Christy Smith, Democratic Assemblywoman, has 44 percent. Unclear how many mail-in ballots remain to be counted, but... I'm not sure uh, how that will play into it. Well, uh, this is only good till November, right? Uh, well, technically January, but they do have th- those two are still in a runoff in November for the full term right. that would come up. So, I mean, this is a huge win for Mike Garcia and obviously gives him the leg up come up coming in November. Um, this I, I this was one of those districts that was, you know, it was Republican through Steve Knight, basically, and then Katie Hill came in and won because there was an assumption, I think, on a lot of people's parts that it was going to stay Republican. And Katie Hill comes in, uh, young, female, uh, moderate enough, I suppose, to win some of the votes in uh, in the Santa Clarita Valley and Palmdale and Lancaster that would have gone the other way. And it was you could argue it was a pushback against uh, uh, Donald Trump and winning the presidency. But. She she blew it. I mean, I I don't know if there's any other way to put it. She blew it. And I know that her take on the whole – Katie Hill's take on the whole thing was that she was the victim of revenge porn because there were pictures that came out of – but but with side – you know, aside from the pictures, she was caught in a relationship with a campaign staffer. You can't do that. And – that I mean, that was probably the biggest issue, especially at a time when we were talking about the importance of, I don't know, sexual relationship equality. Or right. I mean, we were all caught up in that. And it wasn't it wasn't that anything was done to her. It was about her actions that really came into into play there. So, um, like you said, Mike Garcia, it looks like oh, it looks like they updated just a few minutes ago. As a matter of fact, Mike Garcia up at to eighty thousand votes. Christy Smith to sixty three thousand, with eighty one percent of precincts reporting. That's that's a pretty good number there. And even though the later ones, the later ballots that are mailed in tend to break Democratic, that's not enough uh, for them for her to make up that uh, difference. And I, she has not yet come out and conceded the race, but it's probably a matter of uh, a couple of hours. I would imagine if uh, they have anything smart going on in that campaign. Well, it looks like life is getting somewhat back to normal in Arizona, where the governor says stay-at-home orders will not be extended beyond Friday. We'll dig into what that means when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Also, go to don't the thing. Oh, I'm sorry, Jacob. I was. Well, go to where? I was going to say go to Instagram. Wait, wait. I was just going to one more time. If you go to Instagram uh, at Gary and Shannon. Then uh, that package that I promised will open up a little bit later, and I'll show you what's in the package. Oh, 
what's in your package? What's wrong with you? Now, now you should have hit that thing before she had a chance to talk. Now the thing is now broken. Now he's afraid to. It's broken. You got me in love again. Gary and Shannon. I will say one thing about this. Dr. Barbara Ferreira is at the podium right now giving an update on the numbers of cases in L.A. County, etc. They didn't bother with the supervisor today. They didn't bother with either Hilda Solis or Catherine Barger coming up and talking about stuff. So it didn't give Barbara Ferreira the opportunity to thank them for their delectable leadership or whatever adjectives that she's been using. So... Um, but she is expected to get into some more specifics about the uh, kerfuffle that she caused yesterday unintentionally, suggesting that the uh, stay-at-home, safer-at-home order was going to stay in place through July in L.A. County. She did announce 47 additional deaths in L.A. County, but we'll get some more information a little bit later in the show. Well, many parts of the world, including parts of the United States, are exploring ways to reopen. But there have been a number of countries who have reimposed restrictions. Lebanon became the latest country uh, about two weeks after it appeared to have contained the spread of the virus and started easing up the restrictions. They said that there were a surge of infections. The same thing happened in South Korea And in Germany as well, it looks like that's exactly what we're seeing, which is what we saw with the Spanish flu. But Arizona says, screw it. (laughs) Uh, Alex Stone is joining us to cover the story for us and for ABC News. And uh, the governor has suggested even that sports can come back on Saturday. Yeah, he didn't quite put it as screw it, but uh, he went kind of down that road that you know, physically, California and Arizona are very uh, different when it comes to, to ideology. Physically, they're, they're not, but, uh, but mentally uh, they are. And they're moving forward very differently. That One, Arizona's numbers are much lower than California or even L.A. County. And Governor Doug Ducey says it is safe for Arizonans to go back out into society if they choose to. And that he says it's time to begin doing that. This is a dramatic difference from where we were, and this is the direction that we need. He calls it a green light that he's not going to be extending stay-at-home orders when they expire on Friday. He says people can go back out, they can do what they need to do. Arizona is prepared if things were to turn for the worse. That's not the situation in Arizona today. Being prepared, he says, he is having enough PPE at the hospitals, being ready that if they have to do what Lebanon and, and others have done, and reclamp down that they would do that. And even before the order expires on Friday, gyms and swimming pools in Arizona, they re- reopened up today. Professional sports leagues like uh, spring training, that may be summer training here pretty soon, they can uh, resume games, they can train, but only without crowds. And uh, Ducey says, yeah, you can get back out there, but it's not going to be totally life as normal. This idea of physical distancing is not going away. It's what has allowed us to get many of the victories that we've been able to claim. But if you want to go get a haircut in Arizona, boy, don't we all, uh, you can go out and do that. Uh, You want to go grab a bite to eat, go and do it. Uh, But he says, yeah, socially distance, telework if you can. Don't travel if you don't have to in Arizona. 
but there won't be restrictions. Uh, that You can go out and, and, well, there will be some, but generally speaking, the average person can go out and get done whatever they need to do. Has anyone reached out to the Diamondbacks to see what they think about this? I mean, are they going to be starting workouts and stuff? I mean, well, I'm... it's yeah. I mean, it's a little more up to Major League Baseball, and and it looks like that they're planning maybe to get spring slash summer training going here pretty quickly, and that it might be Arizona or Arizona and Florida, uh, and then maybe and the plans have been that June or July games without spectators, but. That's something that the the players have been mixed on, that at least early on they didn't seem to like that idea. But that may be the only way to get going, especially for teams in Minnesota where their governor made it clear last night they're not going to have any games with spectators in uh, the, the next you know six months or so. California doesn't seem like it would be happening for the A's, the Giants, Dodgers, uh, Angels, Padres, uh, and then you know football coming into it too. So... They're going to have to figure this out. But it doesn't look like, at least in many states, that unless they do something without spectators and maybe in Arizona, otherwise they may not be able to play. The entire state of Arizona has about 75% the population that the that Los Angeles County does. I think we're over 10 million, and, and Arizona's about 7.2, 7.3 million people. And I know that you've also been paying attention to what uh, Dr. Ferrer said yesterday regarding the stay-at-home orders, the safer-at-home orders in place for at least three months yesterday. Was it as frustrating to you as it was to us that this appeared to have been taken out of context? Well, yeah. And the thing that we're hearing Garcetti say today, and and ABC, we talked to him this morning, he's kind of doing the, the cleanup on this whole thing now, saying you can call it whatever you want, but everybody's going to have something for the foreseeable future. That, uh, you know, whether you're Arizona and you're saying, look, we're lifting everything, but there are still no crowds in stadiums and that you have to socially distance and rules in dining rooms are going to be this. That whether you say something is there or not, something is still there. And the, the mayor, you know, somewhat clarifying, saying we're just giving it a name. We're saying that there will be orders in place, stay at home orders. Other states can say we're lifting everything, but there are still these rules And, you know, it's really no surprise, is it, that where we are right now, that especially in the the state that we live in, that all of a sudden it's not going to be flip the switch and, oh, man, that was a Governor Newsom term. I didn't even use that, the dimmer and the switch. The dimmer. But but we're not all of a sudden going to say, yeah, now we can go back to to life as normal, especially with the numbers and then the new numbers that the governor put out today of, 87 more deaths in California and in L.A. County alone, 47 more today. With those numbers, that it's not just all going to go away. But the the mayor tried to to make the point this morning that they are lightening up, that the beaches reopened today, the the trails reopening, some of the the rules changing here and there, that it's not going to be locked down until August, but that likely we're going to have something that it's not going to end right away. Yeah, Barbara Frere is addressing... Uh, the media right now, and she opened up her comments saying, I want to apologize for the confusion I inadvertently caused yesterday, saying that she didn't mean to message that L.A.'s stay-at-home orders would remain as is for months, that they will continue to be loosened but not erased. That was her quote. But I think it's pretty clear that we're going to be living under orders for the, the next number of months, and it may go well beyond three months from now. When you listen to the, the phase four, I think it is, the, the end phase, where amusement parks and concerts and all that, that's going to be a long way away. And that's going to be more than 
August or September. So right. I, you know, I think it, depending on what you call it, that we're we're still a ways away. Yeah, I think it's just that was an example yesterday of just how on edge people are looking for the positives, and then if something comes across that is potentially negative, it gets blown out of proportion. Uh, yeah, is it better to just come out and do what Arizona is doing, or somebody else, and say, "Hey, all orders are lifted, but don't do this." Yeah, and then maybe it makes everybody happier. It's all in in the message and you know, kind of the the PR spin. Yeah, on. and it's one of those where, as a as a politician, you have to have some amount. Or, there's got to be a point where you then say, okay, it's not up to us anymore as the government to enforce this. It's going to be up to you and personal responsibility. You should look out for your neighbors and do this also. So right, and then if numbers, as the as Ducey said, if numbers go back up and we have to do something. Then, then they have to jump back in. But California and Arizona, very different in that way. Real quickly, congratulations on the Gracie Award, Shannon. Yeah! <laughs> Thank you, Alex. <laughs> You're the best. You we are. We all know that. We all know that. Alex, Alex thank you. Stone. Appreciate Later, guys. It. So uh, Dr. Ferrer is talking about the uh, the newer version of the Safer at Home order. She's talking about it right now, and we'll talk more about it when we come back. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Dr. Barbara Ferrer, County Public Health Director, is clearing up her comments that she made yesterday. And she opened up her comments saying, I want to apologize for the confusion I inadvertently caused yesterday. I didn't mean to say that the stay-at-home orders would remain as is for months. They will continue to be loosened. And that, in fact, happened again today. L.A. County loosening its health order, allowing all retailers in the county, except those inside indoor shopping centers or malls, all retailers to reopen for doorside or curbside pickup or delivery service. (laughs) Manufacturers that supply goods to the businesses are also permitted to reopen. I I guess underwear is not something you could try on, right? I mean, you kind of know what your size is. Yeah. At that point, I figure I was just going to say you could order a couple packs of underpants and then just say, I'm going to try these on real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> Curbside. Yeah. Uh, this was um, Patrick Healy from our, our friends over at Channel 4 asking Dr. Ferrer to sort of clarify that whole, uh, what did he say? I think he used the word tizzy to describe the the kerfuffle that started yesterday after her comments. Uh, Jacob, go ahead and give me this, and I'll see if I can play this from Patrick Healy. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Dr. Ferrer. Um, as you're aware, your comments yesterday, the supervisors created quite the tizzy. But is the reality here, as you outlined again today, that the social distancing and other infectious disease precautions will be required for way beyond the end of summer in all likelihood? Well, I think if you, you know, you talk to any of us who are public health folks, you know, we're, we're pretty much aware that um, this virus is easily transmitted and that in the absence of therapeutic medicines, in the absence of a vaccination that would afford a lot of us uh, some immunity, uh, and in the absence of the kind of testing that you could do every day at your home with a five-minute test result, 
we are left uh, in the near future looking at the kinds of strategies that help us protect each other. And that is the physical distancing, that is infection control, and it is what we call containment, making sure that we identify people who are positive as quickly as possible so that they can isolate and their close contacts can, in fact, then quarantine. You know, that is what we all will need to do uh, until we have either all three of the uh, possibilities that I mentioned are, are in play or even or one or two of them would actually make it uh, more likely that we can look towards uh, different ways to protect ourselves. But we have to protect ourselves. I mean, this virus is relentless, and it's, uh, we still have more people dying of COVID-19 every single day in L.A. County than they die of any other single uh, disease. Uh, she's also just taking right now the question from the uh, aforementioned Steve Gregory, who is often uh, not allowed to ask questions. Two, we have a few other opportunities, uh, again, to look at lower-risk businesses and think about reopening. We do need to wait for the governor to agree uh, with us and for the state health officer orders to allow us to do some of the remaining activities that are in our stage two. Um, but thanks for your question. Oh, that was good. And now, listen, there's a, a couple of things that are that are clear now that were not clear over these last couple of weeks. First of all, because everyone has their own phases and stages and stages within the phases and phases within the stages, no one has any effing clue what anybody is doing. Nobody knows. You're hearing different things from Gavin and Eric and Barbara and Catherine. They're all using these terms interchangeably. I understand that why that's the case. Right. Is because we don't really know how this is going to progress in California, in L.A. County, in Los Angeles itself. So you can understand how they're not all on the same page because there's no freaking playbook. There's no page to look up. But even listen, but it would be that the playbook is a good analogy, but but it's that they're using different words for different positions. Classic bureaucracy, isn't it? Right. It's absolutely too many cooks in the kitchen. And and this is one of my questions. I mentioned this earlier in the show. Why there there should not there should be a healthy skepticism about the government's ability to take care of me in the event of a pandemic or an emergency of any kind. That's why we that's why we and government agencies and uh, emergency preparedness officials tell you you've got to be ready to take care of yourself. I mean, in the event of a natural disaster, you have to be we have to be ready to take care of yourself for days at a time, hopefully not weeks, but days at a time. If you're a small business owner and you've been told not to open your business you there's got to be something and i know that the margins are small and it's a tough life and entrepreneurial uh, spirit is is uh you know you're living on fumes most of the time but that there has got to be some ability to know that you're on precarious ground and that the government is not going to be able to come in and save you every single time and for people who are willing to just sit back and let the government stroke your back and tell you everything's going to be all right Sometimes it's not. And sometimes right. the, those bony fingers of the government stroking your back are not comforting. Oh, gross. you know, exactly. I, I you know, know exactly what I'm talking know about, exactly what you're talking about. And it should not be comfortable. Just you should not you find comfort violated. Doesn't mean I need to be violated. <laughs> uh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> 
We do have to, uh, I want to play for you the governor. When we come back, I'll play you uh, one of his responses from the news conference today. Responses to a question uh, about counties and different counties coming in with different plans and his response to whether or not it's okay for you to drive to Ventura County to go to the beach. But if you're in Ventura County to drive to L.A. County to buy a greeting card and uh, also my secret uh, secret mail package. Thing. Oh, yeah. The secret mail package. All right. Go on Instagram at Gary and Shannon. You'll see the picture of the package. You can tell me what you think is in it. All right. Gary and Shannon will continue. Magic is in the air. There ain't no science So come get your everything. Tonight. I made no promises. I can't do golden rings. But I'll give you everything. Tonight. Magic is in the air. There ain't no science here. So come get your everything. Tonight. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Dr. Barbara Ferrer, in responding to questions about the tizzy, I think is what Patrick Healy called it, the tizzy that was created yesterday when she was referring to an extension of uh, our safer at home order that will be in place likely through July uh, and possibly longer than that. And she clarified those comments today basically to say that there are things that are involved in our public health order. For example, uh, face coverings when you're in places of business. Those are going to continue. But she announced even today the opening of uh, a couple of more uh, types of stores and businesses, uh, allowing for, of course, the social distancing and the requirements that we have. So the point yesterday that was made was in regard specifically to an eviction moratorium that the county was looking at. And she was giving her opinion on that, not whether or not people are going to be locked into their homes. It's going to be a very long time, uh, months if not longer, before we have any sense of normalcy and you walk around and do not see people wearing masks. That's that's a long ways away because of the amount of work that still needs to be done on therapeutics, on a vaccine, et cetera. And that was her point on all of that. Uh, Governor Newsom was asked. Yes. Oh, shout so, out to us. Oh, yeah. Who are the only ones that understood that? Well, one of us is an award winner and it's clear why. <laughs> and I think that that was one of those reasons why. <laughs> Listen, I and the frustrating part about that yesterday was uh, was was looking at all of the people getting it wrong. Right. Me and too. all we had and to all do, the alerts I'm getting on my phone. All we had to do was do the smell test on it and go, wait a minute. That doesn't sound like that's right. You know, Let's I dig into that. Right. Let's actually look at what the conversation being had entailed. We are the only ones. Every other media outlet, station, show just completely screwed it up. And listen, all that's going to do is piss people off and drive them crazier than they're already driven. Talk about drumming up panic. Um, Governor Newsom, in his news conference earlier today, was also talking. He spent a lot of time talking about wildfire season. We're clearly in the midst of wildfire season or or. I don't know, on the beginning of it again, uh, he talked with uh, the chief of Cal Fire in terms of the preparations that are being made. Yes, there are some sort of behind the scenes things that need to be worked out, like how are you going to be able to have a uh, a fire camp full of people when this COVID's floating around and how they're going to fight fires and where they're going to get the money from. But one of the questions was uh, asked of the governor 
the differences that are being allowed for in these counties, uh, you know, 58 counties in California, some of them vastly different from others, L.A. County being the largest. And we're seeing half of the cases in the state are coming from L.A. County. Half of the coronavirus cases are coming from L.A. County. Meanwhile, places like San Luis Obispo County are much farther north. Modoc, Siskiyou, Shasta County, places like that are seeing little to no impact when it comes to coronavirus, but they're still under the shutdown orders. And the question was about how it is these different counties are coming to the governor and asking sort of for permission to reopen. Now that a handful of counties have been allowed to open up, are you worried that people leaving still close counties to dine or otherwise recreate in the reopened counties? And what's, what's your message to Californians about traveling around the state between places that are more restrictive to places that are less restrictive? Yeah, we've made that clear from day one when we introduced uh, the guidelines that we we maintain uh, advising me uh, maintain as an advisory uh, that people not uh, travel for non-essential purposes uh, and going in and out of the counties would defeat the point uh, of having county uh, variations. Uh, there are, however, uh, large parts of this state where a lot of the counties are moving together uh, and you'll have multiple jurisdictions. These are regions, not just counties uh, that are larger than many states uh, where uh, all those counties are in unison uh, in terms of their advisory. Uh, So it's less significant in that respect. But no, this is the big challenge. You open up a a dense urban environment right next door uh, to a community that's not opened. People start rushing into that dense urban environment and coming back into their community. And that's why we want a regional focus, a county focus, uh, bringing in other cities. And that's beginning the process of regionalizing. To the extent we can broaden county by county in either larger regions, uh, we encourage that. So common sense dictates uh, and those advising. Uh, those advisories have been consistent. Oh, and hold on a second. Hold on. I just realized that he said this at the end there. I don't know if you caught that about what's going to dictate reopening. Uh, we encourage that. So common sense dictates. Common sense uh, and is now dictating what's going on. Not data and science. Common sense is going to dictate what's going on. That's a shifting. That's a shifting version of what he's been saying. That sounds like he's uh, leaning more towards personal responsibility. I would. I would. Uh, I think a lot of people would hope so. Now, the other thing is that it, he's clearly learned from his beach order from a couple of weekends ago. He's clearly learned that the people are willing to and will be fighting back against the the state dropping down its uh, well manicured and moisturized hand over everybody's head, telling them what they can and cannot do. But uh, to his point, there, this is going to be in a state like California with forty million people, fifty eight vastly different counties. Everybody's going to have to come up with their own plan, and the state can do their their part to help guide some of that. But they can't dictate, unfortunately, for him. You know, which uh, which counties get get to open and which ones don't. I'm kind of hopeful that it seems like the loosening is moving forward every day. Like yesterday, we had the beaches in L.A. County today. They're saying all retailers uh, can can reopen for door side or curbside pickup. This is this is the other key word that he said in there that I think is going to change over the course of the next week or two. And that's the word essential. He talked about non-essential travel. You know, he doesn't want people traveling between counties to because of essential uh, because of it's not an, an essential business or an essential need. 
when the order was that we're going to do two weeks at home, it was easy for people to follow that. And it was easy for people to say, ah, I could probably go for two weeks without eating out or I could go two weeks without going to the movie theater or without my beer league softball game or whatever it was. But we're in week nine and people are starting to understand that those what would otherwise be considered non-essential things like visiting family from out of town or going to the beach if you live in Fresno or going to the mountains to get away for a weekend that those are much more essential. Yeah. The Gracie Award winning Gary and Shannon show. Kate. I am 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I think it's important. Shannon won two Gracie Awards this year. Thank you. You're welcome. We both won in my heart. On uh, on Instagram, at Gary and Shannon, I posted a picture of this package that uh, actually came from a neighbor of mine. Um, they at the beginning of all of this, ordered something. What okay. Is, what would you have ordered at the beginning of all of this? Uh, canned. Interesting. Tuna. Interesting. Why? Because it keeps. Okay. Oh, back in the days when we thought that the Armageddon was here and we were right. going to have to live off the land for right. weeks at a time. Right. The other thing is that people started losing their minds um, for some reason about toilet paper. For some reason, it made people feel safer to have a stack of toilet paper from floor to ceiling in their garage. My husband still says that our grocery store doesn't have any. Really? Yeah. Well, let me know. We haven't had any toilet paper for four weeks. Oh, you're doing very well for that. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Because I was at uh, the, the, what was it? uh, Walmart. Yeah. On Saturday, perhaps. And they had a whole, a whole, whole thing. thing of it. All right. So a neighbor goes and buys a 12-pack of toilet paper on the lines, right? Okay. On the Internet. Uh, bought a couple of them, as a matter of fact. And that's what this is, is a 12-pack of toilet paper. But it's roughly, look at how small these things are. Oh, it's like for a baby. It looks like a child-sized roll of toilet paper. It really does. And I don't know if it's that we in America are so used to... Massive everything. (laughs) Giant rolls and packages of toilet paper. Where did that come from? China? Of course it did. Oh, my goodness. So they're they're playing even more of a joke on us. First of all, here's a bat flu. Second of all... Uh, you're going to need a lot of toilet paper. Come to us for it. I don't Can remember I how much they said they spent. The, I want to feel the ply. It's not bad. It's a single ply. but Ooh, it, single ply. This is harsh. But it's not. Harsh China. It's not horrible. I mean, elementary school, we all had toilet paper that was worse than this. True. It's just that that, that looks like it's about a quarter of the normal roll. It looks like somebody used it. What? Wait. And then uh, when it was halfway done, they wrapped it up and sent it to your neighbor. So so if you live in China, you get the first half of the roll. Yeah, and then you sell the second half. There's nothing wrong with that. 
It's just uh, capitalism. I mean, yeah. wouldn't expect that out of China. But but you get my point. Like they had to make some money on this thing. So right? did your neighbor give that to you as yes. a, a gift? Because they opened it already. I mean, they had a couple of these, mm-hmm. and they opened one already and thought it would be funny for us to figure out what that really was. Tiny rolls of toilet paper. That's very funny. Let's it's see. like it's like for an elf. <laughs> like if an elf had. Toilet paper, that's what the elf, <laughs> elf had a digestive issue. He was going to have a problem because he's going to stick through that whole thing. Well, anyway. elves, they just eat, they eat candy. So we'll keep this in the what? Elves, they eat candy. We'll keep this in the office if we need Lots it. Lots of sugar because they've got to make all those toys. So they need the energy? Yeah. Didn't you see Elf? Didn't you learn this watching Elf? I guess I... We all learned as a nation <laughs> when we saw Elf. That uh, elves need sugar to stay up and make toys and decorations. And that the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to... For all to hear. Sing loud for all to hear. Mm -hmm. That's how we power... And if we all have enough Christmas spirit, we'll get this sled reopened. I think you're... Uh, Never mind. What was the crazy thing you said you ordered on Instagram that you shouldn't have? These were not ordered on How Instagram. How long do you have? I mean. Well, yesterday you were wearing a tie-dye sweatshirt, and yeah. I'm curious. You mentioned it, but you never actually explained if that was the tie-dye it was. sweatshirt. It that- was one of two tie-dye sweatshirts that I've purchased in the past nine weeks. It, tie-dye apparel is an odd reaction to this whole thing. I've never seen tie-dye apparel sweatsuits advertised before this whole thing started, and now they're everywhere. Now, they are comfortable. Also, part of it is you bought something that was tie-dye. Yeah. So. This is true. You are now going to see tie-dyed everything. I saw tie-dyed shoes yesterday. (laughs) Uh, uh, Nick's getting ads for prostate things, so I don't know what he's been buying. Well, no. I know exactly where he got that from. That was from his big D dating site and his little D dating site that he was. Those were. So, sometimes we get weird pitches. Just because was pitches be crazy. They do be. What was the pitch for the Big D Club? It was a dating. It was a dating. It was a pitch for a dating site mm-hmm. for dudes. And we with were going those and with then, those. And we were going to supposedly. I mean, the pitch being that, hey, would you guys like to interview? Would you, the award-winning Gary and Shannon show, like to interview? Right. Tommy Johnson from the guy who, who created right the, app. the guy who's created the Big D dating site. But then the next day, I get a pitch from for the same guy who created an app for small ones. I have a question. A and there's no, so there's question. no in between. He's just got apps for big and small. Right. Okay. There's so, no average guy. There's no. He's, he's got no average app. So there's a there's a whole. Uh, so how do the guys prove that they're is that they meet the requirements? Yeah. Do they I send him on the show Tommy, tomorrow? You want to talk to him? Do they send Tommy D pics? Prop- is this why he started the company so he could just get <laughs> these pictures sent to him? Maybe. Maybe. Let's. Should I book him? Book him. It's week nine, baby. You serious? What do you think? You, think, we doing get, this? you think we'll get in trouble for this? I will let you do this. <laughs> I my assumption was that you were uh, a woman in media doing. Oh yeah, you're right. This would look bad. This is empowering gonna look bad. women. I am now a woman award winner, so I cannot do stories with the guy that invented the the big D little <laughs> D club. That's not right. 
It's not. That's well, it's not, not that it's not. It's not ladylike, you know? Nowhere in the entire website, and I scoured it, nowhere did it say the word lady. Just to be clear, you won an award for being a woman. Okay. So it, in did, media, it did not, not say a lady. lady. In okay. Media. All right. Well, maybe the Big D Club guy's back in. It's called show Big One Dot Dating. Big One Dot Dating. Let me Google that. Now you're going to get all of those prostate pictures, too. Oh, I don't want that. I don't There's want big that. One and Dinky One. Uh, hey, is it John. Dinky? If sure you is. need. <laughs> That's hilarious. A neighbor of mine got uh, toilet paper delivered from China. In this tiny little baby-sized roll. But, hey, there's 12 of them in the pack. They're, uh, that's not even one wipe's worth. No. Well, it depends on how aggressive you are, I suppose. I don't want to know that about you. <laughs> I don't want to know your toilet paper style. But the rolls are small enough you could probably put them in your pocket and take yeah, them with you for uh, emergency Yeah, you're accepting situations. packages from China? I don't think I'd do that. Well, this went through the neighbor's house first. Yeah, I'd so. run that UV machine over it. <laughs> I'm not that, licking the outside of it. UV machines are yeah, never the a UV good light idea. Machine they have now, they have a little robot. It'll it'll scoot around your house and shoot out UV rays to kill uh, all the viruses and bacteria and the pets and the well, birds yeah. and the plants. There's some collateral <laughs> damage. Some here. of your organs. <laughs> hey, at least it's clean. <laughs> yeah, and you don't have the virus. That's all that matters. So what's happening? Uh, I'm going to move to Arizona. Oh, Arizona's opening up big time. Yeah, they're inviting all the sports teams to play. So this this place I'm done with. <laughs> all these bumbling, conflicting, contradicting statements the whole crowd has made Ooh, in the last day. Today I heard the governor say, "Common sense is going to dictate some of the reopening plans." Yeah, not, not science and data. <laughs> Common sense. Well, now, haven't seen that yet either. <laughs> I think you'd be very happy in Arizona. Oh, I would be. Yeah. Baseball. Yeah. UV rays. Yeah. Lots you could of UV. stay inside for most of the year because it's 123 degrees. <laughs> I was there once when it was 122. Yeah. That you, is life changing. your son play a baseball tournament in that weather yeah, one time? Every, every summer. Mm. He would. Yeah, it was 122. Walking how's, across an asphalt parking lot. How's he doing? I felt my life force drain out of me. How's he doing without baseball? Uh, well, he fled to New Mexico Oh, with some of his teammates. Uh, a dad has a big ranch, huge space. Oh, so they can with, still train and they, play. They've, and... Been, they've been doing intense training. He's oh, probably in better shape than if he'd been playing this season. That's oh, fantastic. Good for him. Yeah. But he All had right. to flee the state. John and Ken coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. I know how you cut me off all the time, but I'm not going to be quiet anymore, okay? I'm not out of time. You spoke over time, and I'm going to talk. Gary and Shannon. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. This summer, we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new Nissan. We invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views, premium seats in all rows, and connected tech while avoiding baggage fees, layovers, and neck pillows. So fasten your seatbelts and enjoy nonstop routes to summer because the best way to travel this season is in a new Nissan. And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to 3500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites.
for well-qualified buyers. 3500 on 2020 Rogue consists of 3000 cash back and 500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 76 2020